Yo, 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 it's the big motherfucking baby, and I'm back on my podcast shit, big baby and on his podcast shit, feeling real crazy so I might hit a lick, oh yeah, I thought I was about to rap, man, get the fuck out of here, bitch, but nah, I'm back in the booth, feeling real good, and I'm back in the coop. Hey, hey, I'm talking all that shit. Boy, if y'all really think I'm rapping, nigga might get hit. Hit like a bitch. Flap in the mouth. Real young nigga. I rep that dirty south. (laughs) Let me stop, though. But yeah, it's a big baby. It's Big Baby's Podcast. And I'm here to talk my shit as I normally do. As I always do. Make sure you check out Big Baby's Podcast. We did the catch up. We're young and Big Baby and Shawnee D talking that good shit. Shout out to the sauce. They got all the sauce over there, boy. They got all the juice, boy. They sauced up over there, man. Shout out to them. Shout out to the next podcast. We got something special coming soon, baby. It's collabs all, it's collabs all winter, baby. We gon' we gon' we gon' we gon' transition from fall into winter with a bunch of collabs. A bunch of good stuff coming. I'm still trying to host this mixtape so that all my rappers who listen, hey, I'm trying to get all y'all on the mixtape, boy. Let's get these tracks going. But anyways, growing up, I was always taught, man, keep family business private. We don't never want to hear about no shit that happened. We don't want to hear from the street. We want to hear from the family. Eric Reed confronts Malcolm Jenkins last week before the football game on Sunday. And it gets ugly. Then Eric Reed gets really emotional during the game. He makes some mistakes. He comes out of the game for a little while, comes back in. But... His emotions were definitely on display during the game. After the game, he's asked his opinion. He says what he has to say. Malcolm Jenkins has asked how he feels. He says what he has to say. And now here we are. Eric Reed pretty much just says, hey, Malcolm Jenkins sold us out. He said he was down for the movement, but he wasn't. He was down for his movement, not the movement. And he sold us out once he got the money. Malcolm Jenkins took the high road as expected because he's that type of nigga. And he said, hey, look here. I'm not going to say anything bad about a black man. Man, fuck all that. If you got something to say about a motherfucker, be 100. But I understand you're a public figure. You can't always say what you want to about people. So let's take this back to where it started. The coalition began. Malcolm Jenkins and Quan Bolden because they had an opinion they had thoughts. They wanted to get some change enacted through the NFL. Colin Kaepernick started the change, but he was pushed out of the league so other people carried the torch. Malcolm Jenkins became the figurehead of the movement, so he was the torch bearer. He was the guy that the NFL liked. He was the guy they communicated with. But so often we find out in these movements that the person that the the man the system wants to communicate with 
It's not always the person who is speaking what the people on the ground are feeling. Why? Because the people on the ground are often more radical, more upset, more uncomfortable, more offended by what the system is pushing out there. So the guy who's speaking, they pick someone who is saying something that's comfortable enough for them so that so that in those negotiations it gets to a certain level of comfort that they want but not a certain level of discomfort that we need as the people on the ground who have an issue. So the coalition comes together, conversation, inquiries are sent out to Cap's camp. Cap, Cap's not fucking with it. He's like, nah, 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 nah. I don't want my message to get bastardized. I don't want my message to get diluted by rocking with you people. I fuck with you. I support you. But I don't want to be with you all because I want to ensure that my message is heard in the voice that needs to be heard in. I totally agree. But, one second, let me hit this water. And it's actually water today. But that happens. And and then, you know, eventually things come around and some of Cap's people join the coalition. Well, they can't truly come together and make up their minds on what it is that they actually want because... Because there's too many chiefs, not enough Indians, for lack of better words. And don't get me wrong, I don't knock what Malcolm Jenkins was standing up for. But I also do understand that he and Eric Reed were fighting for two different things, but they were forced, I won't say they were forced, they chose to be on the same team when they should have been on different teams. They should have been separate entities fighting for what they wanted. So here's what I'm going to say. We struggle in the black community in a crabs and a barrel mentality. We're trying to pull each other down to get up. But we should not do that. We should understand that when we have differences with different people, we have differences with one another, we should be comfortable separating ourselves so that we can fight the fight that we want to fight without downing or damning another person's fight. Because I firmly believe separately Fighting the NFL, fighting societal norms, Malcolm Jenkins and Eric Reed could have been very successful in achieving their goals. But by joining together and then arguing amongst one another and those arguments spreading to the outside, it weakens and diminishes both of their messages. But what do I know? I'm just a big motherfucking baby. So here's what I tell you. The bottle down. I say again, put the bottle down. If you think that you need to unite with people who are not fighting for what you are fighting for. Now, now, again, it's okay to disagree. It's okay to be on different pages. I have no issue with, with what either man were fighting for in the long run. But I have an issue with them coming together and then fighting amongst one another in public because guess what? You don't get what you want when that happens. Here's what you get. You get the NFL to pledge pennies to your cause, but they don't tell you how they're going to pledge them. They don't, they don't tell you what they're going to pledge them, pledge them to. Eric Reed wanted money to, money to go back to the communities in which the players came from. Why? Because 
They want to affect those people who may be in smaller markets, smaller cities, less commerce, less enterprise to help those people out and educate them. The NFL wants to quote-unquote help out, but help out their own cities. Why? Because that puts the NFL in a favorable light from people who can buy tickets and make the money. Again, when you are, are negotiating with a large entity, you have to understand that they will only help you if they can help themselves. Here's where I part with Malcolm Jenkins. He accepted what the NFL offered, not understanding the logistics behind it, and that is motherfucking trash. Yes, we're going to pledge this money to you, but we're not going to tell you where we're going to put it and how we're going to make that happen. And you accepted that. That is terrible. That's what I call hush money, because guess what? After they gave him that money, his fist went down. The NFL didn't like the protest. Again, I think the protest needs to lead to action. It does. If it's not a means to an end, then it's a pointless protest. But once you get the wheels turning, that does not mean you stop protesting. You don't stop protesting until you get what you want. And I think that by the 78 million over whatever nine years being pledged, that was enough hush money to make Malcolm Jenkins put his fist down. And it takes me back. It takes me back to the 1960s where we had Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X fighting for the rights of African Americans in America. But they were fighting the same fight on different fronts with different strategies. Very similar to Eric Reed, Colin Kaepernick versus Antoine Bowden and Malcolm Jenkins. They're fighting the same fight on different fronts with different strategies. And a common problem that we're running into when I speak to this crabs in the borough mentality is that we damn another person and their way of getting the job done because their job is different. It happened then and it's happening now. My question is, how do we get to a place to where we're not fighting amongst each other, but we're fighting against the people in which we should fight against? Again, I ask, how do we get to a place where we're not fighting amongst each other, but we're fighting against the people in which we want to fight against? Look here. If you want to make it to a place and you have a certain route, because you use Google Maps, but I use Waze. Maybe Waze gets me there faster. Maybe Google Maps gets you there faster, but if we get to the same place by the time we need to get there, who gives a damn which way we go? There is more than one way to achieve a goal. Shout out to Peter, don't get mad at me, but there's more than one way to skin a cat. Not literally, but figuratively. So, when I look at this, I, I think back to what happened back then. I think back to, to Malcolm X speaking down on Martin Luther King and the SELC. I remember that. I don't remember it because I was there, no. I remember it from my research because I read, I listen. I want to get in tune with social movements and how they do things. Why? Because I want to be an agent of change. I want to be the difference maker. I want to be the voice of reason who unites people 
my people together to make this change happen, but we make this change happen on the same page. And again, I know we're going to fight on different fronts. In war, in World War II, America, we fought in the Pacific Theater and the European Theater. And guess what? We fought those battles differently. But guess But when we did that, we were trying to achieve the same goal, and that was victory, and we achieved it. So I parallel that to what we're trying to do here. I want to fight this battle day in and day out with you all. And if we fight on different fronts, that's fine. If we use different strategies on different fronts, that is fine. But I want us to be on the same page. We shouldn't bicker amongst each other. And if we bicker, we should bicker in pride. We don't need to bring that stuff to the forefront. Take it off of social media. We don't need to be fighting against each other. We need to be fighting against the machine. We need to be fighting against the enemy. Because if we focus our energy and our efforts about fighting with each other, we get thrown back in the barrel and we're just fighting to get to the top. And guess what? If we're fighting each other to get to the top, we'll never get there because we have to work together to get to the top. So if you want to get my feelings on the Malcolm Butler and Eric Green thing, and I don't want to, I don't want to dumb it down to just two football players having a disagreement about race in America. I want to broaden it to my views on race in America. I would say don't take the hush money. I would say get what you want. Get what you're asking for. But make sure you get under the conditions in which you want. I know some people, they talk about separation. I'm not a fan of separation. I'm a fan of integration. But I am a fan of integration under, under the right circumstances. Because I do believe in black empowerment. I believe in supporting our own. I believe in putting our money into our own people, our own institutions. I believe in starting our own businesses. Yes, it's great to take a job with someone who's going to pay you handsomely. And you take that money. Don't get me wrong. But when you get the opportunity to make your own money and build generational wealth, I think you should take that. Don't get me wrong. Don't be broke. Don't be broke because you can't do shit without money. I don't think you can't do shit. You can't do much without money. But I will say, excuse me. If you're going to use, if you're going to be someone who works your way up through the system, make sure you manipulate the system to make it work for you. Don't let the, the system manipulate you. But if you're going to be, if you're going to be one of those who pushes back, someone who resists, someone who wants to change social norms, initially, you fight. And you fight hard. But make sure when you're fighting, you're fighting the correct fight. And your means leads to a positive end. Man, I had to come over here and say that. I had to do that today on the pod because, <laughs> let me tell you, I like to bullshit on here. I like to have fun. But I could not, I could not just accept a playful podcast in a time like this. I couldn't do it. I came up under the 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 Martin nonviolent trend of thought. It really it really shaped the way 
It's really shaped my philosophy. But as I, as I got older, I educated myself on other trains of thought and other ways to resist and other ways to push back. And from that, I deduced that there is not a right way to do it. There are multiple ways to get the job done. We just have to ensure that when we choose different routes that we do not, that we do not shit on the other people who take a different route. Because guess what? If we can get to the end of the yellow brick road, then man, baby, let's get it. All right. I'm done there. Let me go to my list of topics. Hold on. Let me respond to my text messages. I'm going to pause real quick. Let me get to my list of topics. So since I'm doing serious topics today, I want to transition into another serious topic that I've been working on and trying to develop. Damn, this is some good shit I got right here. I'm not going to talk about that. It's psychological warfare. And I think that is a very relevant topic today, especially when you start talking about social media and how social media is used today. Because the basic definition of psychological warfare is actions intended to reduce an opponent's morale. Now this can be applied in so many places. It can be used militarily. Because you think warfare, you say, oh, it's the military. But let's think about it in a practical point of view. Again, the definition of psychological warfare is actions intended to reduce an opponent's morale. How often do people commit actions that reduces a, someone's morale? I mean, think about it. You post a picture on Instagram and you want to get likes. Everybody has a floor of how many likes they want on their picture. And you post that picture expecting a certain level of likes, but if you don't get that likes, your morale is... Your morale falls off, right? It drops. It's decreased. Or if you see somebody out here living... They show off, oh, I'm in Dubai, oh, I'm in Milan, oh, I'm in Paris, oh, I'm in Madrid, oh, shit, I'm in Miami, oh, I'm in L.A. They're posting that just to show you how they living. To say, hey, y'all, you ain't fucking with what I got going on. And I think that as many positives that come with social media... There are so many negatives that come with it as well. Because I think we get so caught up in trying to impress people who don't give a fuck about us. Who, who could give three shits what we're doing. That we lose sight of ourselves. And then I also think we use social media to try to down other people and down what they're doing. That we're killing. We're killing them. Not not. Literally killing them, but we're killing their spirits. We're killing their morale. We're, we're we're killing their confidence. And one of the biggest keys to life is confidence. If you're not a confident individual, man, you don't have too much. But with social media, so many people put their stock into what social media has to say. Oh shit, I get two hundred likes a picture. Oh, I got a thousand followers. Oh, I got ten thousand followers. Who gives a fuck? 
If you're not using social media for business, who cares how many followers you have? Because how many of these people are hitting your phone? How many of these people are checking on you? How many of these people going to give you some money if you broke? How many of these people going to hold you down when you're going through tough times, right? How many of these people genuinely care about what's going on in your life? Huh? You tell me? I don't know. But if you think you can live your life through social media, and social media is going to give you the validation that you need to make you feel well inside, I'm going to tell you something. Put the bottle down. I know it tastes good, but you got to put the bottle down. Social media is not the answer. But what we see so much is so many people are, 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 are driven by what happens on social media. It fucks with their psyche. A person thinks that they don't really have, if, if, if you don't get the proper response on social media, it kills you. And that's not okay. As somebody who uses social media, who has fun on social media, who enjoys consuming social media, I will tell you this right here. My best times aren't on social media. Why? Because I'm out here living life. I'm living my best life. Ain't going back and forth with you niggas. You know what I'm saying? Y'all won't control me with your social media. No, 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 no. It's not going to happen. But this psychological warfare is real. And I think what's happening on social media is psychological warfare. It's a war zone out here, huh? People talk about the younger generations becoming more soft, more sensitive. But one thing that is that we don't talk about is that younger generations are susceptible to more criticism. Because before social media, before cell phones, before AIM, whatever you want to say, whatever happens at school, happens at school, you go home and live a whole separate life. But now, that shit doesn't go away. You're constantly under a microscope, whether it's from your peers, from people you don't know, from your family. And the more and more you're scrutinized and criticized, the larger effect that it has on you, the more that it influences your decisions, the more that you can get consumed in things that you can't control, but you allow it to affect you. Because guess what? You hear all that negativity. Because the sad thing about society, a sad thing about people is, we don't give people their flowers while they live. We wait until they die. When people do great things, we don't tell them it's great. We just be like, oh yeah, bro, you did what you're supposed to do. But when they do something bad, we make sure we let them know. And that can take a toll on one's confidence. It's difficult to get to a place to where you are barely affected by the outside noise. I'm not going to say that you aren't affected by it because we, man, look here. We all hear things. We all think about these things. And we all try to react in the best way that we know possible. But everybody's not confident enough in themselves. Everyone has not achieved certain goals in their life, hit certain milestones where they don't give a fuck about what a motherfucker got to say. And there's no better way for me to say it than that. Because, you know, 
Sometimes I just don't give a fuck about what a motherfucker got to motherfucking say about me. But that's me. Big motherfucking baby. Everybody ain't rocking like this. But it took me some time to get there. It took me learning from my own mistakes. My own missteps. It took me learning from some of my friends' missteps. Like, we came to this podcast shit watching my friends on their creative ventures. And seeing the backlash they got had me afraid to do this. Shit, I'm not going to lie to you. When you put out a product and you know and you think it's dope, you hope it's dope, you know it's dope, but then somebody's like, oh, bro, that's some trash. Or, oh, I'm not going to listen to it. Or, oh, I'm not going to repost your shit. Oh, I'm not going to share it. Oh, I'm not going to follow. But that motherfucking shit hurts. Yeah, yeah. Motherfuckers got feelings. That shit hurts. But guess what? If you listen to everything that the doubters say, you don't listen to what the, what the, what the supporters say then... You have nothing. You lose yourself. You stop pursuing your goals. And guess what? You could have been hot. You could have been that guy. Rome wasn't built in a day. It was built over years. So you can't be afraid to, to take them nicks, take them licks, take them shots. But guess what? You can still rise up. Because the Falcons rise up. You know what I mean? Shout out to Julio. But let me get back to the original point, man. There is a war going on out here. And it's happening over this over, over social media. Don't get me wrong, I'm not the old nigga who's saying fuck social media because I love social media. But I am an individual saying that you can't get too caught up into what social media has to say because there is so much positivity that you can get in human interaction. With the people that you meet, with the people that you are encounter that you encounter day to day, the people that you vibe with, the people that you rock with, and you should not allow that to affect your joy, affect your freedom. Should not like that. You should not allow that to affect your mood. Don't let these people. Don't allow. Don't allow. I mean, just don't I mean. Don't fight this battle alone. The battle's not yours, it's the Lord's. And I am a Christian, I don't get too religious on the podcast. But I will say, when you're in those low moments, when you feel like you're in that psychological war, you don't know where to go, man. I'd recommend going to God because when, I, when I'm going through things, that's who I go to. And I put my faith in Him. And I understand that. He won't put more on me than I can bear. And I don't have to fight this battle alone. But now I'm going to transition into old niggas. Because what I can't stand, you know I can't stand a drunk. I tell them all the time, put the bottom down. But another thing I can't stand is an old motherfucker. And here's why. You're not old because of your age. You're old because of your mindset. Oftentimes we get to our comfort zone, we get happy in our comfort zone, and when things change, we don't want to change with it. 
One of the one of the radio personalities who I study the most, Colin Cowherd. He talks about it's not about being right, it's about it's not about getting it right, excuse me, it's about being right. So sometimes he'll make a prediction, he'll have a take that's wrong. But once he gets new information, he revises his thought process because he understands that. You can be wrong at first. But once you get that new information, you have to adapt, adapt. You have to adjust. You have to take that and reformulate your thought process. But so often I see older people get comfortable in their own skin. They get comfortable with the way things happen when they were coming up. Boy, back when I was young, we did it their way. Well, y'all, y'all can't do that. Y'all wouldn't make it back. We was, no, 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 no. Old motherfucker, things change. And you need to change. Because just like you say, we could make it in your time. I say you can't make it in my time because of your inability to adapt. And we see that in so many different markets. And it's so easy to show it in hip-hop and rap. You, I mean, don't get, don't get it twisted. Music is a young man's game. Because the older people get, they'll just comfortably sit with the people who they listen to who came up from their era, the people that they understand. But for those great artists, those 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 people who who are bigger than their old generation, you know the Jay-Z's of the world, the Drake's of the world, uh shit, even the Chris Browns of the world. They find a way to stay relevant. And how do they do that? They don't get caught up on what got them on they they continue to evolve with the times don't get me wrong they don't lose themselves but they evolve with the times and I had a good friend shout out to Moth he talked about no more old nigga raps he says it's back in like 14, 15 but it wasn't just confined to rap it was just to old people who didn't have open minds. So have an open mind. Always be willing to take in new thoughts. Take in a new way of, of, of conducting business. You don't have to agree with how things are done all the time. It can go, it can be different from what you know and what and different from what you're comfortable with. But you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable if you want to remain relevant in an ever-changing world. I talked about social media earlier. Social media makes the world move faster. Music is coming out more often. More content is obvious than we've ever seen before. And you're getting flooded with content. But you can't be stuck on the old ways of producing content, of marketing content. You know what I'm saying? Of putting content out. No, you have to adapt to the times. I'm not saying adapt your content. Because your content needs to be genuine to who you are. That's first and foremost. It needs to be genuine to who you are. But in that same vein, you have to you have to adapt with the time so that you can remain relevant so that new people are consuming your content. So don't be an old nigga. Be adaptive. Be an agent of change. Be open-minded. But with that, stay grounded in your own Stay grounded in your thoughts and your beliefs and be genuine to who you are.